Today on CityCast Chicago, as you head to the polls on this election day, we actually want to take a quick break from all the political coverage. You feel me? What better way to do that than with a little Chicago music? NPR's World Cafe has a series out now all about what makes our city's music scene so unique. Producer Simone Alisea talks with host Raina Duris and Stephen Kaleo. It's Tuesday, February 28th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Reina Kaleo, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Kaleo, I wanted to start with you because you grew up here. Um, and I'm curious, you know, what was your experience of the local music scene like as, as you were growing up? It's interesting because it's there's no one real easy answer because when I was uh, a teenager in the 90s, there were a lot of different music scenes that made up the Chicago music scene. And so you knew you could go to the Fireside Bowl and check out a great punk show. But at the exact same time, I was in dance music and the mix and uh, house music culture was so huge on its own. So, you, you know, I was sneaking into uh, Crowbar or Excalibur to see Bad Boy Bill or DJ Markski. So the, the thing about Chicago that for me as a teenager growing up was it, it was any one of those scenes could be a city's biggest music scene. But in Chicago, it was right. just one sort of cross-section of what you could be experiencing. So it was really kind of overwhelming as a teenager to have so many different options. Yeah, well, that brings me right to sort of the next thing, which is I, why Chicago? Why do a series all about Chicago? The fact that it's kind of like in the middle of the country, that <laughs> makes it such an interesting meeting place of all of these different kinds of music and all of these different kinds of people. And um, when we were thinking about where we wanted to go, it we just there were so many possible stories, so many directions that we could go in, and it made it feel like an obvious choice. One interesting thing I noticed is, right, in addition to these artist profiles and performances, which you expect out of a music podcast as a music show. You actually start the series with a couple folks in like slightly different roles in the music scene, uh, the the post-punk and industrial museum on the South side. Also the electrical audio studio uh, are the first two, two parts of the series. Why did you want to start there? I don't even know if that was a conscious choice to do that. I think when we were looking at some of the music that's come out of there, there were some names that just immediately popped up. I mean, Steve Albini is kind of a legendary figure and he's in Chicago and he's working in Chicago and he's making music in Chicago right now. And so it seemed for me like, well, we have to have him. Uh, so um, should I be doing a sound check now? Should I be doing testing one, two? Sure. Testing one, two, two, two. How many sound men does it take to change a light bulb? Two, two. In addition to his work with his own bands like Big Black, And shellac. Steve Albini has engineered albums by The Breeders, PJ Harvey, Jarvis Cocker, and Pixies, to name a few. Where is my mind? Where is In some ways, it works really well because if you want to care about something, you kind of need to understand the context. And the great thing about guys like Steve is that they they have this deep understanding of what what goes into making music in Chicago. Which performance or artist story uh, will most stick with you uh, from this series? There are so many good ones, but I think for me, the one that I, I don't know, I just loved it. And I felt very lucky to be 
even involved in it when we went to see this guy. So Eli Schmidt is a student at DePaul, 20 years old, does all sorts of stuff to kind of connect the the DIY scene in Chicago. He has a radio show. He has a zine. He uh, hosts record listening nights. He hosts live performances in his apartment. And he's just one of those people where you meet them and you're like, your life is going to be so cool. You are going to do so many amazing <laughs> yes. things. Like you're going to do so many things. And I can't believe I get to meet you now at the beginning. He's playing in bands now too. But uh, yeah, that story was really cool. Like going to his apartment and sitting with all of these friends of his and watching a performance, it really felt like something really special. Thank you, Eli. And thank you for everything you do for being a great person, curator, and every song tonight is for and about Eli. <laughs> the audience has settled into their cozy spots on the living room floor with their cups of apple cider. Frico has started to play. We're rather too old, too bold, too stupid to move, I guess we're caught on the wrong side of the shoe again. The, the photos of his apartment, too, I, I saw them and I was immediately like, I recognize that apartment in Chicago. Like, I <laughs> I saw my college friends in that apartment. Like, it was so evocative of just this place and of that age. And the hearing the the performance that you guys recorded uh, with Frico, I think, was the, the artist's yeah. name. It just, like, I don't know, it really took me back to being, like, young and cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like yes. of having friends and like knowing what's going, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe that's really, why I liked uh, it so much. It let me like vicariously <laughs> be young again. <laughs> Kaleo, was there was there a, a moment that stuck out for you? Yeah, and uh, it's funny because I definitely had the same energy absorption when I was uh, meeting Kaina. I used to. Um, you know, with with some of the stories with the uh, older guard or older legacy musicians in Chicago, you you kind of know what you're getting into. But to hear Kaina's story in her own words, to hear specifically about uh, the empowerment angle and the DIY angle, and here's a person who all you're you're seeing is I was like, I wish I was this much of a badass at that age. I grew up being like Jamila Woods' first intern and and her manager's first intern and like band from Chicago, the Omis. I was their first intern, and those are like my big brothers, and also a little bit for No Name. And like, these are these are experiences I had because someone saw that I was in those spaces and that I was just enjoying it and showing up for the things that I love, and I want to be able to do that for other people too. Like, you know the questions, you know what you want to accomplish, and you know that you want to do it in a way that's inclusive and respectful of your friend's time and help build the scene. It was just really impressive. And the music is fantastic. And it was just like getting Sleater Kinney on your record, like right on. Like, I, I so just. Cool. I, I, so cool. So it was like, uh, you know, it's 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 much more the kids are all right. It's like, no, the kids are great and the kids are going to take good care of us. 
That's really a theme that kind of comes out, This these sort of relationships that these artists are building, the, that DIY element of, you know, we're going to figure it out and I've got friends who are going to help me figure it out. You also hear that in Pinky Ring's story, the, the rapper from, from Humboldt Park. Yeah. When you walk around a neighborhood like that with an artist and, you know, if you listen to the piece, you'll hear people coming up to her. So this is the Casita de Don Pedro. There have been um, really cool events that have happened here with um, Puerto Rican music. Um, hi, my love! <laughs> a young woman has just run up to Pinky on the sidewalk. Hi, my baby. How are you? Oh, my goodness. How are you? I'm doing good. I work for the Puerto Rican Culture Center. You so. do? Yes. Like, more, more than once that happened while we were, like, walking down the street. You know, it really adds another layer to what you're hearing in her music and and to her like sort of story it kind of gives you the picture of where she grew up you ain't gonna raise our rents without consent and kick us out you coming up in here with hella bravado but if you from the suburbs then you can't claim chicago it's my protection and so i mean there are countless neighborhoods you could you could do pieces in in chicago i mean it's a big big city but um i think her story was really illuminated by that tour. But, I mean, there's going to be lots for us to do next time we come back to Chicago. <laughs> you know, it, it really is tough because, you know, you think about the things that you, you wanted to do. Like, you know, we wanted – I part of me was like you can't talk about Chicago music without talking about the metro, right? And you get into the Wrigleyville area sure. and it's like – and then yeah. it, it sort of it, it sort of crystallized for me at least that it's like – I think it's more interesting to talk – to people about their experiences than try and like um, give an experience that's like based around a location. You know, like the Metro is meaningful to people in many different ways, but it might be hard to sort of encapsulate that in a way for someone who's never been to the Metro or Green Mill, for example, of why it's important. And as a kid growing up on the north side of Chicago, you can get stuck in your neighborhoods and not know what goes on outside that world. And so in some ways, from just seeing it like in what we picked, I was like, you know, we went all over the city. That is so cool to hear you say that because as someone who doesn't know the city and the neighborhoods and like the sort of layout of everything, I love hearing that, you know, you actually got to go explore places in Chicago that you hadn't really explored before. That's awesome. Right. In addition to Humboldt Park, uh, Lincoln Park near DePaul, some of the other places you mentioned, I mean, you guys talk about the jazz scene, you talk about the birthplace of gospel, you talk about soul records and, and Curtis Mayfield as well. What was maybe the most surprising thing that you learned doing this series? I think the thing that struck me is that even though this was such a diverse group of artists that we were talking to from all these different neighborhoods, there was this idea that kept coming up um, and this idea of community and um, helping each other and how that was a different vibe from maybe some of the, the the big coastal cities where it's all about competition and getting to the very top. There was this sort of ethos of like, let's do this together. Let's pick each other up. Let's like create a strong community. I was surprised how seriously that phrase meant something. It was meaningful to Kaina and the group of musicians that she works with. They collaborate to figure out how they can uplift each other. And so like it, it for me, it was that DIY actually was not a buzz phrase or just a word that they throw around to sort of give the illusion of community. It is actually baked into the values, at least in the people that we were lucky enough to speak with. 
And I'm curious, like, is do you think that's also true in comparison? Because we've talked about Chicago in comparison to, say, like, New York or L.A., but do you think that's also true in comparison to, like, other music cities that are a little smaller, maybe more like, you know, thinking Nashville or Seattle or Detroit or something like that, right? It's funny because the first city I thought about was Nashville. And I have heard mm. both sides of that. You know, you've you, yeah. you know, you've got a, hundreds of songwriters hanging out trying to write a song like where does the camaraderie end in pursuit of your music career? I think one thing that, you know, makes me immediately think that those things are so different. Chicago and Nashville is like Nashville is a place where like anyone around the country might move to make music. It's a big music industry town. It's sort of like what it's known for. Chicago is kind of more like Philly in a way where people do move here to make music. People do move to Chicago to make music, but it's not known just for like being a music hub. Um, the great things about that is it's more affordable to live, at least in Philly. Uh, I know Chicago is more affordable to live in than New York or LA. And that is like what kind of fosters well it helps foster uh, a really vibrant scene but yeah I think that you're gonna find in a way more teamwork and more of a community feeling in cities where it the industry isn't necessarily centered where you're not going there you're not seeing like a huge stack of people from all over the country coming there to like try to be a star yeah, all roads don't yeah. lead to one place in Chicago, whereas in Nashville, there's probably only, a, you know, it's a destination for uh, something, uh, you know, specific. And I think because they're not everyone is swimming in the same stream, going to the same place in Chicago. I don't think people like, oh, if I just do this, I'll get to this one spot. And, and I think that's much less of a concern for people making music in Chicago. We've talked a lot about just how diverse Chicago's music scene is. There are so many, there's so much history, so many different things to check out. I am curious if you have any advice for Chicagoans who kind of want to get more involved in the local music scene, whatever that looks like for them. I mean, my advice is to go out in person, go to shows, because I think, uh, first of all, artists need your support. Go to shows. That's important to do. But like a lot again, going along with that trend that I was talking about earlier of that idea of community, so many of those connections were made in person. Uh, Eli talked about um, how, especially coming out of the pandemic, he had all these friends on Instagram, but what's the good of a bunch of people on Instagram if you never meet them in real life? I completely agree. I, you know, I made friends by going to basement shows, um, you know, and I, I was never a musician. I, I you know, thought for a second, maybe, but as just as a fan, just going somewhere, being curious, being unafraid to go, like go to art shows, go to basement shows, go uh, explore and, and be curious. And I, I mean, maybe these are just generalizations, but I think that sort of curiosity will l lend itself to meeting people who are going to be uh, receptive to helping. Because if anything, like I said, we've learned about the DIY thing, it's not just in name, it's actually in action. So just putting yourself in there opens a lot of doors. At least I think that's the case. Raina Kaleo, thank you so much for joining us at uh, CityCast Chicago today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Simone. It was so much fun. Before I let you go, you know I got some news for you. Remember, the polls are open till 7 p.m. tonight. If you still having trouble with who and what's on your ballot, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm for a breakdown of the many voter guides available to you. 
Tomorrow morning, we will have election results for you bright and early. Our episode newsletter will drop a little bit later, though I'm talking 7, 7.30 in the morning as we work to give you the most updated news. Make sure to check for upcoming free museum days for Illinois residents. The Museum of Contemporary Art is free today. Tomorrow, the Shed, Adler, DuSable, and the Museum of Science and Industry are free. And the Art Institute is free Thursday. Check the link in the show notes for more of these dates. And some good news to get you through. Starting today, my story, Rich City Skater, will be playing across the country on the Moth Radio Hour. You can check the link in the show notes to find out when it will play on your local radio stations. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Join us here tomorrow for our election coverage. Talk to you then. Peace. Kaleo, I know you go by your last name, but when I first introduce you, is it Steven? Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're comfortable with, I answer to everything at this point. The more okay, important cool. part is that you actually got it right first take. So thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> that is all because of Natalie.